Welcome, everyone, to the Set Apart Podcast. I'm Monica Frazier, a community outreach consultant and a CEO of Set Apart Enterprise. And I thank you so much for tuning in and listening to my first podcast today. The reason why I decided to do a podcast, because I believe as believers that we need to have an opportunity to have real talk, a transparent conversation about life, just have conversations about things that take place in life without any biases, seeing it the way we see it, and saying it the way we see it, and there's no offense. It's just real talk. And so that was the vision I had for the podcast, and I appreciate you tuning in, and I appreciate you listening. And one of the things I want to ask is that any time that you have a question or anything about what I'm saying and what I'm talking about, it's going to all be scriptural-led, to please email me at goshenplenty at gmail.com. I'd love to hear what you have to say, and maybe we can have conversation or real talk about whatever it is that you're asking me. But anything that I talk about on this podcast is going to be scriptural-driven. I just want to say welcome. I want to introduce to you Pastor Alexander of Kingdom First. I really appreciate you, Pastor, for coming on and supporting me yeah, glad to be for here. my first podcast. Uh, I get a little nervous sometimes when I think about it. But one of the things that I learned, Pastor, this is a quote that I stumbled upon and I found to be very real for me, is that, um, let me see, what does it say here? During the process of learning the business, which is what I'm in, I'm in the process of learning the business and being about the business, most people would not support you until they see it's popular to support you. So they kind of wait for you to arrive but before they want to give you that support. So I really appreciate you giving mm. me that support and coming on to the podcast. I'm happy to be here to support So listen, listeners, we're going to get into the topic today. Life as it was then and life as it is now. And I'm going to help you understand why I chose that topic because we have a whole lot going on in the world today. Reality is, is just, it ain't all good. I mean, we got pandemics, we got injustice, we got oppression, we have uh, sickness, we have mental health running rampant, we got uh, depression, uh, you know, the economy, things are getting more expensive. A lot of times when I'm talking to people, they're like, oh my God, you know, and there's nothing new under the sun. Scripture says it's nothing new nothing under new. the sun. The, we have been down this road before. It's just that now we're experiencing it. So, Pastor. Yes, ma'am. What I want to do is I want to take some of the scripture from Matthew 24. Mm. And so I want my listeners to understand the reason I'm taking this scripture from Matthew 24, because this was the time when the disciples were asking uh, what it would look like in the end times. And so, because we're kind of experiencing what we're experiencing in the world right now, I'm just going to give them a snippet. I'm not going to read the whole thing of what he said it would look like in the in the end times. Okay. And then we'll go in and talk about what we're dealing with right now in the current future. So, all right, listeners, I need you to pay attention and stay focused. The disciples, they were asking Jesus about what it was going to look like in the end times. And so, this is how he responded. I actually encourage you to read Matthew 24 because I'm on a podcast, so I'm going to be kind of moving through it fast. This will give you a chance and an opportunity to study. So Jesus answered, Watch out and do not let anyone fool you. Many men claiming to speak for me will come and say, 
I am the Messiah, and they will fool many people. You are going to hear the noises of battles close by and the news of battles far away. But do not be troubled. Such things must happen. But they do not mean that the end has come. Countries will fight each other. Kingdoms will attack one another. There will be famines and earthquakes everywhere. All these things are like the first pains of childbirth. Then you will be arrested and handed over to be punished and be put to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. Many will give up their faith at that time. They will betray one another, hate one another. Then many false prophets will appear and fool many people. And I'm just going to leave it right there. Man. Okay. So, listeners, listen up. We got a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. And I opened up with this scripture because this is tapping into some of the stuff that we are experiencing right now. So, Pastor, what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw out a word or a subject area that we're dealing with right now. And if you can help me out with your expertise and elaborate on it from a biblical perspective or kind of touch into it, uh, just to let them know that what, what we're dealing with, this isn't new. But, but what you all will find is that the pastor and I are going to give you the, the solution to it all in the end. So let's talk about COVID-19, the pandemic. Hey, the pandemic. Uh, uh, pandemic seems to be something that has come upon us unawarely. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't know the pan I, I, I didn't know that a pandemic was going to come and shut down the world for a year and a half. I had no idea. It came upon us, but the scripture does, it does not mean that God didn't prepare us for it. Right. You know, my natural mind didn't realize what was happening even throughout the pandemic. I had never heard of coronavirus before. I have never experienced anything like it. Um, being the person who caught COVID himself, I had COVID um, back in March. I'd never been sick like that before. I've been a, a relatively healthy guy all of my life. Got COVID-19. Um, I do think that... COVID-19 has helped me to realize and understand the Bible a lot better because mm -hmm. there are different seasons. When we read the Bible, we read about different time frames, different seasons where different things went on. And sometimes you can read the Bible from a historic standpoint, mm -hmm. you know, as it's history. You see back in history, uh, uh, COVID-19 is not the first disease that exactly. came along and 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 devastated the community. There's been other diseases in the past that you can put in the category of COVID-19. I think that we're in being in 2021 now. Amen. We're experiencing a man, a disease that has uh, pretty much devastated our entire country. We're experiencing that. And it's not the first time that we've experienced the disease, but for a generation in my age group, probably even my parents' age group, this is our first time experiencing this. And so anytime we experience something that we've never experienced before, it's always good to go back and look at how mm -hmm. it was handled in the past. And I believe that the Bible can is a great book to always, it's the best book exactly. to always go back and get your references from. So you see different times where you read Matthew 24th chapter. That chapter means a lot for me because that's Jesus speaking. And he's speaking 
and he's telling of those things to come. Well, you know, uh, at the time he's talking, he's talking to the disciples, mm -hmm. you know. But it's powerful that that when I read it, it's also relevant to the time that I'm living in now. I think I'm being the age, I'm in my 40s now, and um, I'm getting older now. I used to be getting the young better. preacher. I used to be the young preacher. Now <laughs> I'm the getting older guy. And so now as I get older, I do realize that sometimes life seems to be like a full circle. Yep. I think things happen, and if you look at the different time frames that things happen in, people react differently. Right. Um, I don't, COVID-19 has happened to us, and uh, when I read back and look at some of the other diseases that have came or occurred, I know there was one in, I believe it was 19, around 1914, yeah, the Spanish flu had yeah. came. Uh, the country was less divided when it happened. This time um, we experienced, that was the last disease that I can remember that really ravaged our country that I can go back and get a historic account for where it kind of shut down the country. Now you look at COVID-19, COVID-19 has become even more difficult because it's been politicized. Mm -hmm. It's been, uh, if you're Democrat, you wear a mask. If you're Republican, you don't wear a mask. If you're Democratic, you would get a shot if you're Republican. And I think that diseases and things have nothing to do with your political view. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we are fighting a disease that is dangerous to every human being on Earth. Mm -hmm. You know, at some point in time, human beings should, should be aware of that. But by it being politicized, it shows us the different way that people handle things differently. So you can have a pandemic. This probably won't be the last pandemic. Mm -mm. But each pandemic is is molded and shaped by how the group of people handle the pandemic. Mm -hmm. You know, this pandemic, um, you know, to each his own. Some some probably will say it was handled very poorly. Some say it was handled all right. Everybody has their opinion. But I do believe and I do think that nothing that we face now is new. It's just really all about how we handle it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had COVID, too, in, right. at the beginning of when it all started. It let me know that uh, God is totally running this, right. okay? Right. So the scientists can create anything they want to create, and we still keep coming up with new variants. Mm -hmm. And this is a, a spiritual situation mm -hmm. in that at any given time, when he's ready, Right. then he'll shut it down. Right. And then all of the politics and everything else that come along with it, when I was hearing you say we have the different seasons for different things, it's like all these seasons mm -hmm. are running together right now. Right. Everything is just all happening at once, you right. know. Right. And it can be distracting for the believer. That's why we have to stay grounded in our mindset because That's we can right. also become distracted. I'm, I'm going to even tell you, I even got distracted with CNN. I had to make myself turn CNN off. You know, when the politics came and COVID-19 came, at one point I was, like, sitting up all night long watching right. CNN, and yeah. I was like, I'm going to have to shut yeah, CNN. me too. I'm going to have to shut because CNN. Because it's, it's like everybody everybody's kind of being forced to pick a side. Right, right. What side are you on? When at the beginning of this, I wasn't on any side. Right. I wanted them to find a cure for the virus. Right. I think everybody should want that. Right. You know, so many people died. My biggest prayer was, Lord... Help them find a cure. Yeah, I remember when there was not a vaccine at all. Exactly. I prayed every single day, Lord, accelerate the, the expertise of the scientists so that we can get a cure for this. I prayed, and it seems like you have Christians 
on both sides. So some Christians don't believe in being vaccinated. Some Christians do. Right. I do think that's every Christian's right. Exactly. What I wonder is, if you're a Christian, I'm a Christian. I'm sure you were praying for a cure, just like I was. Right. If one of my unvaccinated friends catch COVID and die, which I have had happen to me yeah. recently. Yep, just recently. I have too, just recently. Just recently. Mm-hmm. I'm crying at their funeral, and I'm upset, and I'm sad, just like if it was a vaccinated exactly. Christian. But the thing about it is, I think a lot of times Christians always say, well, you know, God's in control. God's in control. There are some decisions that we can make that can bring death to us ourselves. Yeah. God's 100% in control. But if you if you choose to smoke cigarettes every day, you're probably going to catch cancer and die. It wasn't God's will for you to die. You didn't want to die, but the decision you made, you know, if you choose to ignore uh, what's going on in the world right now, that there's a virus that's mutating and spreading, if you choose to ignore that and choose not to take proven protection, then you do subject yourself to whatever sickness, even death. Even death. Even, even death. death. So, even death. you know, I'm praying. I do uh, believe we're living in the last days, yeah. and, and and the scripture you read does such a great job of, of really giving us a description of what the last days are going to be like. So you hear us, listeners, we're talking about the pandemic. And in the biblical days, they had uh, epidemics going on and pandemics going on. In the end, stay tuned, we're still talking, and we're going to tell you how to solve the issue of what could be your unbelief or your ability to make right choices. That's right. So this pandemic is nothing new under the sun. I'm going to talk about another thing that's really going on right now Mm -hmm. in the world that's it's like big. This conversation could go on for a long time because mm-hmm. it's a lot. Is mm-hmm. oppression. So, Pastor. Yes, ma'am. Slavery. Okay. That was a strong oppression uh, in the biblical days and and even in our time. What's your uh, take on that slavery situation? Well, first of all, oppression is totally wrong. If you look at the definition of oppression, oppression is prolonged cruelty and unjust treatment or unjust control. So uh, 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 when you talk about oppression, it's oppression can be... Slavery was definitely oppression, right. without a doubt. But there are... You can be oppressed by your employer. Exactly. You can be... Uh, uh, any type of prolonged cruelty to a group of people or a person right. is oppression. Right. So I think we battle oppression in so many different ways. Yes, we do. It's, it's big, isn't it's it? It's big. It's hard to narrow it down to a a subject. Growing up uh, as a young kid and, and learning about Dr. Martin Luther King, I've studied several different black men who were, were fighters of oppression. These are black men who who spoke out against oppression. You know, our oppression is something that is totally demonic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's totally demonic. Mm-hmm. Uh, because 
if you really think about it, no human being deserves to be oppressed because all human beings were created by God. Exactly. You know, every every person is a God. God created them. You know, each one of us are born into different situations. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when you want to really narrow this down to God decided to create Antoine Alexander. Exactly. He decided to create the young man that, that's walking down the street with his pants hanging down, that's probably going to get pulled over by the police because of how he looks. God dis- decided to create that young man, and that young man that God decided to create, or young woman that God decided to create, God never creates anything without purpose. Mm-hmm. So you look at people, it's not just, I'm seeing people being oppressed. I'm seeing people with godly purpose being oppressed. And what oppression does is oppression will close the door on your godly purpose. Mm -hmm. So when you're oppressed, you will never even know or realize that you have a reason to live. Exactly. Most people that's oppressed don't feel like they have any earthly value. Mm -hmm. And that's why I believe we have so much crime. That's why... Another guy will murder another guy mm-hmm. because there's a lack of purpose. When you're oppressed like that, you feel like you're just just living your life. Once I figured out in my life, once I was able to raise above the oppression that I have been through in my life, I realized, man, you know, I got a part. Right. I got a part. I'm not just, I'm not just a body. God created me for a reason. See, you have to rise above that oppression in order to start investigating and start studying, I do have a purpose. And I might be all right. Yeah. God actually created me to be a little bit different. Some people shun on their differences. Right. How, how they're created on different. When you start really looking at it and you start finding out the purpose for your difference, you start tapping in your gift. The Bible says your gift will make room to you. Well, well, what oppression does is oppression shuts the door on all of that. That's the goal is for them to shut the door on it because... What I find is that the system, mm-hmm. the system will often put, and I'm just going to say African-Americans in an, in an oppressed situation. Absolutely. And a lot of my young moms and young dads, they are now in their mental space in a sense of hopelessness. That's so right. just like you said, they don't believe that they can do better. That's Smart. Right. That's right. And so they allow the system to guide them and keep them in that hopeless state. That's right. So that the system can continue to work, and then they keep you right there where you're always in need. Listen, audience, we're on this big subject of oppression, and I did throw out uh, slavery as the first word, you know, just talking about it. But like Pastor said, it's so much to the oppression that it's a whole lot to it. So we're just we just going to talk about it in general, Pastor, because mm-hmm. I wanted to give the example, like, for example... I have a lot of single moms, mm-hmm. okay? And I, too, at one time was a single parent who received food stamps and received cash assistance. And um, one of the things I learned is that I had to make a choice to either step out there on faith and allow the Lord to guide me and I push through my struggle, or then I sit there and continue to get the cash assistance and the food stamps because they have it set up where I couldn't get child care support if I made so much. Now, you know, you're only making a little bit of money. Right, but right. You can't even hardly make any money in order to get child care assistance. You can't even make hardly any money right. to get the food stamps. But 
if you walk away from that, you're in a struggle mode and you're not making enough money to maintain your homes. So what I'm finding is that then a lot of people will then just sit back and continue because they don't believe in themselves. So then they stick to the system and get the food stamps and get the cash assistance and they never really see their true destiny. That's a form of oppression. That's class oppression, yes, yes, you know, right yes. there. So it, it's just a lot. Because it's difficult for people to rise above that survival line. Yeah, yeah. You know, as long as I sit back and I get these food stamps, I'm going to eat. Right, right, because that's something I can depend on. Yep. And so it's a fight. That's what you have to understand when you're in that oppressed state and that oppressed situation. It's a fight, and you have to be willing to push through it. And sometimes take the sacrifice where you might be eating bologna sandwiches for the next two, three months until you can find that better job. But it's a mindset. Mm-hmm. And that's the way oppression works. They want your mind to stay in that place. I think that oppression is something that just because you're successful doesn't mean you haven't been oppressed. Right. So I love to meet successful people, whether it was coming up with a single parent, mm-hmm. whether it was uh, dealing with some type of sexual assault, molestation, mm-hmm. whether it was just coming up poor. Mm-hmm. Either, either way, I love to hear stories about people who rise up above oppression because part of rising up above oppression and I really believe is to get over that fear of the comfort zone it, that mm-hmm. some oppression deals to you. Mm-hmm. In other words, sometimes I've, I've heard stories about uh, people who are now great business owners who that had to leave their job. Mm-hmm. Well, leaving their job was a security blanket though. Mm-hmm. But it also kept them in an oppressed state. Mm-hmm. So they had to make that decision to step up out of what they are in that I'm no longer going to have an oppressed mindset. The first thing you have to do to even take on oppression is to get rid of your oppressed mind mm-hmm. state. Mm-hmm. Via the Bible tells us to renew our minds daily. Mm-hmm. I made a decision that I was going to live a life that I was going to depend on God. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to live a life, and I'm just saying this to be plain, to our listeners to understand what I'm saying is that I'm going to live a life and depend on somebody or something I can't see. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Most people want to look and they want to live their life based on something you can see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we have to make a choice on whether to believe him or to believe the world. That's and right. just like you said, they base everything off of what they can see. And what we see changes all the time. That's and right. God's word stays, right. tr- stays true all the time. And this is what I want to encourage you, listeners. Because some of you may not spend time in your word. And and Mm -hmm. that is where you find the answer to everything. I even wrote scriptures down dealing with oppression. He tells us what's going to happen to those who keep those oppressed. Jeremiah 22 and 13 said, Doomed is the one who builds houses by injustice and enlarges it by dishonesty, who makes his people work for nothing and does not pay their wages. I had that under the word, you know, when we were talking about slavery. And then the one where it says, uh, Zechariah 7 and 10, Do not oppress widows, orphans, foreigners who live among you, or anything else in need, and do not plan ways of harming one another. Well, let me just tell you, that scripture right there, we dealing with all of that right now. Right. At one point, I was at a job for 27 years, and it had become a dead end. I realized they were not going to promote me for what I valued as being uh, worth and could be a valuable asset to the organization. I felt I was loyal to the organization. 
And the Lord kept nabbing at me. I had to take a faith walk. I left that job. And it took me a year and a half, but at that point was the reality that I knew that that faith walk was real. God showed me. I mean, I had people writing me checks, and my husband at that time was on his same journey. Mm -hmm. He had gotten laid off from the plant, and Mm -hmm. so he opened up his store. So we literally had no valid income from week to week. We didn't know what we were doing. I asked him for permission to step out on faith, and he told me uh, I'm out on faith every day, you know, because he was trying to run his store. That year, we had... We, we probably gained 40 pounds just that year. I'm just saying, with no job, no money, trying to figure it out. I was like, okay, Lord, you know, trust in him. I realized that it's really real, but mm-hmm. you have to have that mindset to beat that. I could have stayed in that situation. I could have allowed my mind to oppress me and put myself in bondage, but I was moving forward. And I'm just saying that, listeners, as an example, to show you that even during the midst of oppression, we have a way out, but we have to place ourselves in that situation of trusting God. And the mm-hmm. only way you're going to be able to trust him is to get to know him, which is through the word. That's right. To come out of oppression, you really have to have a relationship with God. Yes. Your relationship with God, you got to build upon that. To be oppressed, especially over a certain amount of time, really gets into your head. It gets. It. That's why we have so much mental illness yeah. now. We have so much mental illness now because after you've been oppressed so long, it's like I keep getting back up, but I, they keep knocking me back down. Right. I keep getting back up, but they're knocking me back down. To come up out of oppression, you really have to have your mental state sturdy. Nothing does a better job than the Word of God of stabilizing your mind and your thought. And that's where we renew our minds daily. You know, we we always renewing our minds. We're always speaking the word over our lives. We're always saying what God says about me, getting that down inside of me. Because when I walk outside of my house, the world might say the opposite to me. The world could say something totally different about me, but I know that ain't me. I know I believe what the word has said about mm-hmm. me. So it's sad to see I run into tons of people every day who... um are even just worn out. Yeah. You know, even with the situation with the police now, you'll find people are just worn out. They're tired of of police brutality. So now the attitude is, okay, pull me over now, police. You're going to have a fight if you pull me over. If you pull mm-hmm. me over, we go defund you. All of these different things that we're dealing with in our society today, it's because people are tired. They've mm-hmm. been going through this for all of their lives. We've been getting pulled over by the police be- just because we were African-American for all of my life. I've, that's exactly. been happening to me. Mm-hmm. People get tired, and when people get tired, they stop caring. And when they stop caring, they get violent. They don't care whether they die or not. Once you're dealing with somebody who don't care whether they die or not, that's a difficult situation. Oh, yeah, because a lot of our teens, a lot of our kids are out here yes. in the streets, and they don't have a conscience at all. It's important that we stay rooted and grounded in the Word. The goal is to provide all of us, including myself, because even sitting here talking to you, I was telling one of my sisters the other day that uh, we still have these same crazy thoughts. We still feel a certain type of ways, you know, Mm -hmm. but we also know that 
if we're going to be set apart, our goal is to do things according to the way God wants us to do them, even when we don't want to. I was even thinking with the voter suppression, okay, right. and how they're trying to oppress us with the voting, right. simply because they know we have power. That's right. Okay. I thought of the scripture listeners, Ecclesiastes 7 and 7. You may be wise, but if you cheat someone, you are acting like a fool. If you take a bribe, you ruin your character. And then it moves on to 7 and 8. It says, the end of something is better than its beginning. So a lot of times when we're going through, it seems like it's taking so long to see that victory. But God is letting you know the victory will come. And I, right. I like Ecclesiastes because... I felt yeah. like at that time, Solomon, was he was over it, just yeah. like we are right. in the world today. He was just over it. And he basically, the wisest king there was, had everything mm. under the sun, and he realized that that wasn't even about nothing, That's you right. know. That's and I really feel him when he reads that. And in the end, what was his command? For us to obey God's obey commandments. God's commandments. You know, I think people look past how God views the treatment of the poor. Right. In Ezekiel, the first chapter, he gives you a better answer. What happened with Solomon and Gomorrah? Mm -hmm. They had gotten so proud that they neglected the poor. Okay. It wasn't just because everybody was homosexual. Okay. It was because they were so prideful that they only they only had a concern for themselves. Right. They had gotten so prideful that it was only about what they wanted. Mm -hmm. This is probably some of my current studying. Okay. I've really been studying now. How you treat the poor means a lot to God. Yes, 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 yes. I, and I have to admit, that's something that I'm learning in this recent time. And, and, and Jesus said, I come to preach the gospel to the poor. poor. When If you read that poor, that poor is just not a person's financial state. When you study out that word poor, he gives you a description of the poor, the brokenhearted, yep. you know, the oppressed, mm -hmm. the, the wounded. All of these groups, when you talk about the poor, see, if I'm poor, then I don't have the best food, mm -hmm. so my health is bad. Mm -hmm. If I'm poor, I don't have the same education. Yep. If I'm poor, all of these things lead to the conditions that we're dealing with as a church, people as African-American, not just not just African-American, they're poor whites, All too. Over. All, All over. over. When you speak on poverty and the poor, it's not just the, that they don't have no money. It's a poor mental condition. It's all of the things around me that because I'm poor, I don't have means. When one thing go on, your household might have the means to go, go get a psychiatrist. Exactly. You can afford to do that. Well... What about the family who can't afford the psychiatrist mm -hmm. for their eight-year-old? Mm -hmm. Now you're forced to just say, boy, sit down somewhere. And we never deal with this child's mental state because we're poor. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I've really learned, and, and I've really been dealing with this now, and I want to minister more on this in my, in my church, mm -hmm. is how we treat the poor means so much because there are cases even in the church, where the poor has been mistreated. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that I believe from studying my Bible. I really think uh, uh, how we give our attention to the poor in these last and evil days is vital. Yeah. It's yeah. vital, you know. So I really want to pay more attention to and that. And you're right. I look at it as the poor in spirit. That's right. There you go. The poor there in spirit go. because... 
it's it's a lot of people when they see poor they think of like you said from a financial aspect and it's not even about that i always call it that hopeless state of mind that's right where it's sort of like where solomon was in the end when he was like oh well whatever and that's how a lot of our kids a lot of our families are they're like oh well whatever and they're just walking and living through life day by day uh almost like you in a daze and you're just going through the motions and you're operating you don't know how to uh, critical think. You don't. You don't know how to problem solve. Right. You don't. So you're doing everything out of your own will. God is not leading and directing right. you That's in right. any of the decisions you make. And why is He not? Because you don't know Him. That's right. Next thing we're gonna lead to is now, audience. Let's rewind real quick because uh, Pastor and I we get here and we get real long winded and we do have a time. Uh, we are talking about. We read the first scripture, Matthew 24, and we talked about when the disciples were were asking him about the end times, and he gave a list of things that would take place, and then we're kind of comparing it, you know, from the Old Testament times, like we know there was slavery in the Old Testament, we know there was oppression in the Old Testament, I mean, I'm not saying Old Testament, but in the biblical days, okay, Mm -hmm. there was not just the Old Testament, because it was oppression all throughout Old and New. We're just bringing it back to the current right now. So that you understand when you see all of this happening, you understand that it has been written. Like, really, it's been written. So now you understand that it's been written. So now you have an accountability and it's your choice to make right choices to uh, come closer or join the world. That's your two choices, really. So now we're going to talk about the temple. Okay, so we know that our temple is the holy meeting place where God dwells, our spirit and his spirit. Our body is his home. We're going to spend some time there, but we're not going to spend a whole lot of time there. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I just wanted to share with you listeners is that it's important for us to treat our bodies with care because this is the meeting place for our Lord. And from spirit to spirit, we want to make sure our temples are right. I had a list of things that we needed to protect. We need to protect our minds. Mental health is also something that's running very strong right now Mm -hmm. in this day and age. And we understand that there are some brain abnormalities, some hormonal imbalances, some neurotransmitters. Some of the mental health can be just pure genetic. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But it can be through trauma from a childhood life or something experience you had from an adult life, you know, something traumatic. But also, listeners, mental health can also be just pure sin, something that you have involved Mm -hmm. in, you know, through sin. But... The end result is we need to be able to take care of our bodies. And that's why it's important that we do things like make sure we focus on good nutrition and focus on uh, exercise and focus on getting sleep, you know, good sleep. Because the lack of sleep can also mess with you mentally. Then I also say that we need to protect our physical bodies. We also know that high blood pressure, diabetes, arthritis, and those are just a few. And some of those are genetic. Well, that's more the reason why we need to treat our bodies delicately. We have to just make sure that we're doing a good job of caring for God's temple because this is where he dwells. We don't have any control of whether you put in alcohol or marijuana or any of those things in your system. All I ask that you do is take all of that that you are doing if you're doing those extracurricular activities and open up your Bible and Mm. read the scripture and see what he says, mm-hmm. and then you make your choice. What do you have to say about the temple 
<laughs> Let me tell you guys, Pastor and I were having these conversations on these different subjects, and we had the conversation on Sodom and Gomorrah because we wanted to, you know, every bit of Sodom and Gomorrah is basically what we're dealing with right now. Yeah, sure. I would really recommend that you all read Sodom and Gomorrah. And we knew it was a lot of sensitive. We're going to be real. We said we was going to have this, a transparent conversation, but sometimes I'm just going to tell you all just like it is. Y'all ain't ready for the real transparent of, <laughs> of Monica Frazier because I have a tendency to be a little too raw. And so she I just, hardcore, y'all. yeah, I can be, he said, I'm a little higher and I don't, <laughs> and I don't want to run you away. I love you. I want to have this conversation with you. The easiest conversations for me to have pastor when I'm dealing with people is people who can just be real. I got mm-hmm. thick skin. I got thick skin. I like just talking about it, you know, and we can walk away with our own opinions. And then even the temple, because the temple was going to spill over into Sodom and Gomorrah. And Pastor kind of put me in check and was like, wait a minute now, this is your first podcast. You don't want to. He said, you don't want to run them away and I don't want to run the kids away. <laughs> so um, so that's what, why I summed it up is that I want you all to make your own true choices through the scripture on how you should care for your temple. What do you say, Pastor? <laughs> well, I... <laughs> This is one of them, this this is one of those. I, I'm not gonna call it a tough one. I've been working on my temple. Uh, I was just working on my temple yesterday. I was. <laughs> I, I think I overdid it. I jogged three miles, and, and this morning when I woke up, I was feeling it. So your temple, your body is the temple. It's something that should be taken care of. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be taken care of lightly. We were just talking about oppression, and sometimes I think because we have experienced some oppression, we developed a lot of habits that are probably not good for our for the temple. Being a person that grew up in church, I, I have experienced the culture of the church. And the culture of the church sometimes can be a little biased. I mean, in the church, we don't go out to bars and drink and party. You don't really do that. We don't really do that in the culture of the church. But we go out and eat fried chicken. We go out to restaurants, and we we love to eat, and we find pleasure in that. You know, and sometimes a lot of the things that we find pleasure in can be harmful to our temple. I think in today's church, though, in today's today's time, we are more aware of that now than we ever have. So each one of us have to make this mental adjustment. Like, I can't eat as much as of my mother-in-law's pound cake as I used to because it's slowing me down. It's, to be honest with you, um, doing what you do, doing what I do, uh, the healthier I am, the better. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I, I'm not sick right now, so that's why I'm here. Right. You know, if I, w- if I was sick, my blood pressure, about to have a stroke, I couldn't study the way I study. Right. I couldn't do, I couldn't preach the way I preach if I was dealing with different types of sicknesses. And, and one of the things we have seen, mm-hmm. if we have seen even believers mm-hmm. deal with a great amount of sickness, mm-hmm. and it's probably brought on by the habits that, that we ourselves have put before us the last, I don't know how many years. Mm-hmm. I think we have to become more aware of the foods we that we eat. We have to become more aware that we do need to work out. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not wrong to work out. We do need to stay active because I've seen a lot of great people in the church. I mean, great, effective people in the church that really had a word and really had the spirit of God working for them. But it was cut short because their temple wasn't taken care of. Exactly. You know, a lot, a lot of great people. Uh, even now in the season that we're living in with the season with COVID-19, mm-hmm. COVID-19 inspired me to start back working out mm-hmm. because the better shape you in, if you do catch it, you just fight it off better. Exactly. Now, that's just what the scientists and the doctors and will all, mm-hmm. I think both sides agree with that. Mm-hmm. The better shape you're in, uh, uh, the healthier you are the better chances you have of fighting off COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So we, we do understand the benefit of being in shape, you know, and that's something that that's something that we all have to renew our minds and tell ourselves daily, maybe I need to stop. Because me and my wife, we love to go out to dinner. Mm-hmm. We love to go to different restaurants. I mean, it, it's almost like a hobby for us. Mm-hmm. We enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But I realize because we do love that, that I really cannot take working out out of my daily regiment right. because if I take working out out of my daily regiment, uh, it's going to limit in the future. It could limit the amount of ministry that I'm able to do, mm-hmm. even amongst my own family. Mm-hmm. So it's very important that we as African-Americans uh, really look at our diet incorporate uh, more healthy things into our diet, I think, you know, I, I need to do better my own self, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's very important. And, you know, everything we do is around food most often. So <laughs> that's why it's important. I'm in my 50s, and I found that I got to have some movement. I can't sit yes, still because yes. I still feel like 50 is young, but your bones get stiff. You feel yes, different. You yes. feel certain type of ways, and you feel so much better when you're moving around and you're working out and everything. All right, listen up, audience. Here's the deal. When we talked about the temple, okay, be mindful of what you do to your body. Don't allow the world to deceive you and make you believe what is right is right when it's wrong. That's right. It's important for you to listen to what the Father God says in his word. The temple is where he dwells. You do want to live a long life, don't you? And you do want to be healthy. So mind, body, everything needs to be operating and working right. So just take care of your bodies. And we're going to end with this scripture. We thank you for listening. And we love you. And let me just say, stay woke and stay safe. And pay attention to everything that's going on around you. Okay? And I thank you, Pastor Alexander. God bless you. I enjoy myself. Um, uh, <laughs> so that we can have this this cool talk You know, I like cool talking. And audience, I thank Pastor Alexander because I am a straight shooter. I am a straight shooter, and I'm learning how to be better with that. People are so sensitive nowadays. Hey, that's one of the things. If you look at the Greek version of the scripture you wrote uh, in Matthew 24, Mm -hmm. Jesus said, offenses are going to come. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. People are going to be more offended. Yeah, more offended. And and let me tell you guys, and I'm saying this now just talking to you like you're sitting here with me. Like, why? Let's just talk about it. And then you got your opinion, I got mine, but we still love each other and we keep moving. And even if we don't agree, at the end of the day, if you really pay attention to your conversation, I often evaluate my conversations. We're learning something from each other. That's right. So just respect each other's opinion. But the ultimate goal is trust the Lord, believe, seek him with all your heart, because that is the end answer. And we thank you. And here we go, ending with this conversation. And I'm going to say... 
peace out. How about that? Okay, this is coming from Galatians 5, 16. What I say is this. Let the Spirit direct your lives. That is the Spirit of the Lord. And you will not satisfy the desires of your human nature. For what our human nature wants is opposed to what the Spirit wants. And what the Spirit wants is opposed to what our human nature wants. These two are enemies. And this means that you cannot do what you want to do. If the Spirit leads you, then you are not subject to the law. What human nature does is quite plain. It shows itself immoral, filthy, and indecent actions in worships of idol and witchcraft. People become enemies and they fight. They become jealous and angry and ambitious. They separate into parties and groups. They are envious, get drunk, have orgies, and do things like these. I warn you now, as I have before, those who do those things will not possess the kingdom of God. That's what we're living right now. Peace and be blessed. This butterfly set apart a heavenly father. Die for you and me. So repent be. S-E-T-A-P-A-R-T.